Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. Uh, this is continuing our little series of talking to, uh, well, let's just let's just put it out there. Young women who uh, you're going to hear more uh, of in the future because they're just that good. Uh, they really, they really <laughs> are. Uh, our guest today is Jocelyn Correa. Pronounce that right? Yes, sir. Care? Okay. Well, I'm from the Midwest, so I could either be Chicago or I could be sound like I'm from Southern Mississippi. So I just never know what. <laughs> sometimes my pronunciations go a little bit haywire. So uh, Jocelyn is a recently. Uh, licensed land surveyor in the state of California. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how how you got to this stage in your life being a licensed land surveyor? Sure. Um, so when you say recently, it was very recently. I just passed in October um, and found out, I think, in early December that I, I passed. So um, still hasn't doesn't feel different yet, but good to have that uh, behind me at least. Um, so for how I got started, um, I actually went to school for architecture, um, took a ton of drafting classes in high school and college, learned AutoCAD, um, and then realized that arch architecture just wasn't going to work for me, um, specifically in my area. Just It wasn't going to be a good fit. So um, just by chance, the one of the local counties was hiring for a cadastral mapper um, in the assessor's office. I knew um, really nothing about cadastral mapping. Um, I had laid out some lots and um, done plot plans and that sort of thing in AutoCAD, but no mapping per se. Um, I went ahead and applied anyway, just, you know, taking a shot. And um, I think I was the only one that applied that knew AutoCAD. So um, knowing nothing about the job itself, I still wound up getting that position. Um, I had an amazing mentor there. Um, another female, actually, her name was Edna. Um, and she was, um, she was so patient with me, taught me so many of the basics, the, um, PLSS system, why the assessor office even needs to do cadastral mapping and, and track parcels for tax purposes. Um, really just the, the basics of survey, um, and mapping in general. Um, wow. so yeah, I, I can't, I, I don't know how, uh, I got so lucky to fall into that type of position, but it really just, it combined the history side for me. I love history. Um, and so just the excitement of putting together, you know, that, that boundary puzzle, looking into junior, senior rights, um, you know, re resolving those, those boundaries was just, uh, it was something I didn't know I would love so much. Um, and having a good mentor just really helped feed that. Um, so after that, I was hooked. Uh, I didn't know that I wanted to be a land surveyor necessarily. Um, I thought I was pretty happy being a cadastral mapper. Um, moved around a little bit between um, 
Kings County and Tulare County here in California. Um, and then wound up at a survey firm about six years ago. Um, and I just haven't looked back. <laughs> I, I found my path once I, once I got here for sure. Well, that's, that's fantastic because, you know, and I'll be honest with you, this is the, and, and for those listeners that'll catch the other one with, uh, our earlier podcast with, uh, Cassandra Quintal from, from Maine, this is fantastic because she got her start working for an attorney looking at abstracts, looking at titles, looking oh. at all of these things. So I, I got I, I'm just kind of blown away that uh, typically the typical surveyor comes in with third guy on a crew or second guy on a crew and out beating through the woods, whatever, or pounding stakes or what. You and Cassandra both started out on the legal side, on the, the mapping mm -hmm. side, on the abstract side. And that part kind of bit you and, and, and yeah. grabbed you into it. Well, you know, that that's that's fantastic. I, I, I like that, that that uh, there's more than one way to get into surveying. And that's part of what we'll talk about, all the, the fantastic things that we can do with surveying. But um, all right. So newly licensed. And uh, what. Uh, what is it about your day-to-day -day work that you really like? What are some of your favorite things that you like to work on? If you, if you get up in the morning, you know, I've, I'm going to work on this project today and you, it puts a little more, more spark in your step. What, uh, what are those things? Yeah. Um, so I, I still really love the mapping and the boundary side. I don't think that'll ever go away. Um, but working for a survey company specifically, um, I really enjoyed being out on, you know, collecting the topo, um, you know, doing the boundary work in the field, um, drafting it in the office, and then pushing that final map through recording. That start to finish process is really motivating for me. Um, you know, the, the pieces are all fun independently, but I really love that, you know, just getting close to finishing something and then seeing it being built, um, helping with the construction staking, um, I think that's definitely the the most motivating and most exciting. Uh, this is the start to finish part. Very nice. Is there anything that you go? Oh, I don't want to go do that today. I know. You know <laughs> I'll be honest with you. One of my favorite things, and people just cringe. I like doing level circuits. I like that. Mm. I like running level circuits and knowing you know I've got to close this thing. Some people yep. just hate that. I mean, what what's something you go? Not that you hate. <laughs> doing right, things, right. but something you go, eh, I don't really care for that. Um, so dipping manholes is just not high up on my oh, list. There you go. <laughs> you win. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't that's think, true. I don't think anyone enjoys that though. That's, that's probably a pretty common dislike. Um, other than that, I mean, the heat in California, central California, just, it can be, uh, it can be tough for sure, field work. Sure. Well, and I guess that that's, that segues into, a, into a, a small tangent of a question. All the wildfires that have gone on in the West, on the West Coast, especially California. I mean, were you involved? I mean, were you anywhere close to any of that and, and having to deal with any of that? Um, so we have offices um, that cover most of the state um, and our Clovis office specifically um, is, was quite close to the campfire. Um, and we haven't done survey work yet. I think it's coming. Um, we're working on some um, UAV LIDAR proposals to help them 
um, just figure out what needs to be done to maintain and repair the, the road system up there. Um, but we, our, our office did work on um, some SWIP type, uh, I hate to say project, but because it, so, it was so huge. Um, but sure. really trying to protect the area, make sure that we don't have um, the, the mudside complications once it starts raining and snowing and, and um, impacting that burned area. It's just, it's right. scary what that, what that can do when there's no vegetation there. Right. Um, so we haven't touched it with survey yet, um, but we've our company has definitely been working on the more on the engineering side with the the fire situation. Sure, sure. Well, and for those listeners who don't realize what what has to happen now, uh, because of the places where the fire has taken place and all of the 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 bad material, the burnt material that's on top, that it's usually anywhere from one to two feet of the, the surface has to be taken off to be able to, and, and that material has to be, has to be disposed of. And mm. within that material is a whole lot of, a lot of monuments. So um, yep. it's going to be interesting to see how we come back from that in places where yeah. there's, it's going to, we're going to just strip out, strip out all the monuments. And we're, we're trying to get some, either some legislation or find some funding to and on the national level to help California, uh, Oregon, Washington, and all those places. Right. So yeah, I, I can't imagine being living there and being in part of that. That's just got to be, ah, oh, it's got to, it's watching it's, a train wreck. <laughs> watching a train wreck, but I mean, when you go up to that area too, it's um, kind of beautiful in its own way, even being burned. Um, I don't know. It, it's sad, but also just, it, you know, makes you appreciate nature and just everything that can happen. Um, you bet it, it was a it was an experience going up there for sure all right well speaking of appreciate places you've been any any fond places that early this early in your career or places you've surveyed and went just stood there and took it all in and went wow what what a place to survey I, i'm getting paid to do this <laughs> yeah um we've had some um uav work in the foothills um and it, it happened to be during the spring, so everything was green and wonderful. And um, I think just being out, um, most of our work, my work specifically, has been done in the valley. Um, a lot of farmland, a lot of subdivision work. Um, so getting up in the foothills was really nice. And then I love UAV work, so that just kind of topped it for me. Um, but yeah, any anything out out of the norm, I guess. <laughs> I don't have one specific job necessarily, but sure. I, I love being out in the foothills. It's wonderful. Very nice. Well, I tell you what, that your comment there is just go to, is, gives me a quick little segue. Um, in talking about UAVs, for most of the older surveyors, uh, us, us gray hairs that are <laughs> dealing, our, our company, our you know, some of us embrace UAVs as just like we did robots and GNSS and so many other things. Mm -hmm. As somebody that's newer to the profession and seeing what we can do with, with UAVs, how does that, how do you approach a job now knowing you've got that tool in the toolbox uh, with your crews, with your team to have this available data to be able to, to do so much more with using that UAV? Right. So um, 
we've taken a few different approaches with the our UAV program. Um, my senior management team was um, amazing enough to kind of let me make our UAV program my, I always call it my baby. Um, but they, they just said, you know, we want to look into this for this technology for surveying and, you know, kind of take it and run with it. And they, they let me do that. Um, and I think we realized right off the bat that it is another tool that's not appropriate for every job. Um, so we can fly quite a bit of topos with, with certain UAVs. Um, but then there's other jobs where, you know, we take a smaller drone out and we just get a nice background image um, and we're not using it for elevation data. Um, so even if it's not a tool for our typical survey data, we're still using them on a lot of jobs. Exactly. Um, and we have found that they do work best in the hands of our field surveyors. Um, so a lot of our we're, we're pushing our um, field staff to be licensed pilots also. Um, and it's, I've been impressed with the types of projects we wind up being able to use it for, um, and just how, how robust our data set winds up being, um, and the clients always love the photos, so. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's what I always, early on when we were pushing that same, uh, initiative as well, that, you know, I got to be with clients that were just still a little bit iffy on, you know, spending a little bit extra money for this background yeah. photo. And yeah. it was, you know, the old adage is, the old saying is, picture's worth a thousand words. I think for what, and you you explained it quite well, I mean, even just for a background photo, it's worth yeah. a million bucks. It really yeah. is. So, and it's, you know, and that's part of what I also uh, try to push across to our clients as well is, this survey is a snapshot in time. Okay. And having that photo as that background helps establish it's a snapshot in time and uh, it's fantastic. Right. So I'm glad to see that you've been able to take it. And I, I guess that's the other part I wanted to just comment on is that um, kudos to your company for yeah. listening to you and saying, I want to do this. I want to take this on because that's unfortunately, that's still going to be a challenge for our profession going forward is, is the, decisions and the purse strings of the older generations that are running these things, you mm -hmm. are our future. And we're listening to what you have to say mm -hmm. on where we're going and how we're doing some things. So kudos to them uh, for letting you just take it and run with it, because obviously yeah. you've shown the value of it. I, I can't speak highly enough about, you know, just how willing they are to, you know, let our staff drive the, the technology. That's, That's, I think it's really important. That's great. Uh, it really is. Um, all right. So newly licensed. Um, any short term goals, anything you would like to to try to I mean, you've checked that box for the license. What's 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 next on, on Jocelyn's short short term goals? Um, short term goals. I, I do plan on um, chasing my sea feds. Um, I, I'm going to try to sit for the June exam on that one. Um, that, that'll be my first time taking it, so we'll see. Um, and then I, I do, I, I really enjoyed the photogrammetry side. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe not short term within the next few months, but um, within the year pursuing um, a certification there. Oh, very good. See, I'm telling you people that these, these, these youngsters, they've got their, they've, 
they've got their goals set. They're chasing these <laughs> things down, which is awesome. Um, and you know what? I stand back and get out of their way. Let them, let them, <laughs> let them, let them get all of these things. Um, I guess looking back at your day-to-day operations now, I mean, what, what's a typical, what's a typical crew for you guys, uh, for your company now? I mean, is it, is it strictly GPS with a little bit of, uh, terrestrial robots, UAVs? I mean, what, what are all the tools that, uh, that, that are at, at your, the hands of your crews right now and what you would go out and use? Right, so um, we do a lot of construction staking and a lot of design um, design level topos. So um, still doing a lot of total station work. Um, GPS, definitely a staple. Um, I think those two are used daily by our crews. Um, UAV, uh, I mean, like I said, we're flying a lot of jobs for the aerial photo, and I think we're probably doing topos, UAV topos, at least once a week. Um, uh, of course, weather permitting, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a rainy week. That won't happen. But, um, for my office specifically, if I were to go out in the field, it would be total station or GPS work. Sure. Um, and pretty split. Um, I wouldn't say we're all, all, or mostly GPS or mostly total station. It's a, it's a nice mix. Well, the reason I ask that is that there seems to be some, some, talk out there that that people want uavs to basically replace a lot of stuff you know similar to what gps gnss did back in yeah. the, the 2000s and so that that you know that's going to replace everything robots are going away and i guess you know that was my reason i asked that question is that there's still i mean you still got to carry that whole toolbox with yeah. all of those tools it it's another tool for sure um but like i said earlier it's not appropriate for every job um and UAV will never put construction stakes in the ground or dip a manhole. So uh, no, no, not at all. Uh, moving inside now, talking about—I mean, we're talking about so much more data that's coming at us now, and yeah. it's all geospatial data. Um, being part of—I'm a somewhat of the new guard coming in, dealing with all of this and the software that goes along with it. Um, mm-hmm. What? Uh, what types of things are you looking at for quality control and um, being able to, to really look at and see and manipulate that data um, and, and really kind of truthing what, what, what your crews are, are doing for you on a daily basis? Right. So with our UAV data specifically, um, we do make sure all our projects adhere to the um, ASPRS standards. So we're out there doing the check shots. Um, if we're extracting any elevation data, we have a we have GCPs. Um, so it's since our company had quality uh, quality control um, plans in place already, it wasn't a big uh, it wasn't a big workflow change for us. Great. Um, we're using Pix4D for our post processing, um, and of course the, the that software spits out um, quality reports. So. We're checking the GCPs there, and then once we get the data into CAD, we do our self-check on um, our check shots. So that way we're not, you know, manipulating the data or it's it's a completely unbiased check. Nice. Um, yeah, so I, I don't feel like it changed how we're doing things. Um, it was just a, a different workflow to check UAV data specifically. That's perfect. That's awesome because... 
you know, I think that's that's one important step that people are not companies and and and, and surveyors are not they're just thinking yep. that the surveyor that the that the software is doing its work and this and that and uh, right. it can lead people down a bad road if you're not paying attention to what uh, it can. You're looking at. I mean, we we just saw it this week. You know, Pix40 will default to um, your output coordinate system, and if you don't check and make sure that's right. Um, it'll shift, it'll do a shift. <laughs> yeah. And so then you get it into CAD and it's like, why am I, why am I 1.4 something feet off vertically? Like this isn't right. But right. because we have those checks in place, we were able to catch it fast. Um, so it's, I mean, one, one small setting being wrong can really mess up your data. <laughs> yep. See, I'm telling you, she sounds, she sounds well-versed <laughs> for her age. Holy cow. <laughs> she's a seasoned veteran here, which is awesome. Um, I guess part of the other questions that that I have in coming up through the ranks and and being mm. uh, being uh, a female surveyor in uh, a male dominated field, uh, mm -hmm. what what positive challenges have you had? Um, I mean, it, uh, dealing dealing with fellow surveyors out in the field, dealing with with crew members. Um, I mean. I'm I'm hoping you're going to tell me that uh, they've been very respectful and and very. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I hear a lot of women struggle, and mm -hmm. I feel blessed that I haven't had that problem. Um, I've only been with QK you know, for six years, and so I don't know if I just lucked out with an absolutely amazing company, um, or if it's not quite as bad as um, you know sometimes it's made out to be. Um, I, I can't speak to that since I've only had had the easy route, I guess. But um, I, I haven't had any horrible experiences. I've had just some amazing mentors that, you know, speak up for me, I think, too. Um, so it's, I, I think I've had it probably on the easier side, honestly. Good. Well, good. <laughs> well, and that's, I guess that's, that's, once again, that's kudos to the company. and. Yeah creating the good culture, creating the good processes, and really wanting to put out uh, a good product and take care of their people. So, right. um, you know, like I said, kudos to them. Yeah. All right. So we're going to, we're going to pick you up and we're going to take you into a high school math class to tell, tell students about surveying and geomatics and the whole, all the toys we get to play with. What, <laughs> yes. uh, what, uh, what do you tell? What do you say to them? What do you What do you tell a young a young young group of of students like that? So um, I actually have been working with one of the local high school geometry classes. Yeah, I feel like that's the the best time to catch students and just expose them to surveying. I didn't know what survey land surveying was when I was in high school, um, so just explaining a little bit about the history side. Um, but then also applying the math because even kids that maybe don't like the math, um, you know, maybe their interest is piqued when I show them how, you know, triangles work with photogrammetry or, you know, uh, how we can do our level circuits, right? Like that, that's the math they're learning in class and it's basic enough that it's not intimidating. Um, but they, then they can see like, I can do a job with this because how many high school students feel like, they go through their, their math class and like, I'm going to use math someday. I know mm -hmm. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I was good at math, but I can't say that like I wanted to do that every day. Right. Um, but showing them that 
you know, there's a job out there that uses this, it is important to learn it. And um, a lot of times the software does it, does a lot of the math for us now, um, but we still need to know the concepts behind it to make sure it's working appropriately exactly. <laughs> and it's being used properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's easy to push that button and think, okay, well, you know, what, what, yeah. what did it do? Yeah. You better know what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, I, I, I used this simile the other day, um, and it just it seems to kind of have stuck that we've got so many young people coming up through the ranks now that, that are looking for careers that just because somebody is, is coding and putting together apps, that doesn't mean that they don't know what process is going behind the scenes, whatever. Just because somebody is pushing a button on a data collector now, you know, that it, they still need to know what the geometry is doing, what the trigonometry right. that's applied. And um you're not going to catch that mistake if you don't understand the math behind it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and you and you spoke very well to that. So um, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the uh, young surveyors network, and uh, it was it was fun to see you the the other night on a on a young <laughs> on a young surveyors social, which yeah. I guess that's part of what I want to talk about is that being part of a, a younger generation now we're it's it's mostly the older generations that wanted to do associations and chapters and group meetings and quarterly you know monthly meetings quarterly meetings and things obviously the younger generations don't necessarily want to meet like that hmm. but obviously you still want to be social you still want to interact with your peers right so what what do you see as, as as a good way to be able to do exactly that and interact with your peers and and uh, uh get to meet fellow surveyors uh, from really from around the world. Yes. So um, not necessarily around the world, but our local um, CLSA chapter actually has, we're, since we're close to Fresno State, which is, you know, arguably, yes. I think the, probably the best <laughs> land surveying school, um, we do have uh, quite a bit of students attend um, and then young professionals as they're moving into their, their job after graduation. Um, so. I think I probably know quite a few more of the, you know, the younger generation and up and coming people than, um, you know, maybe the the average, just being so close to Fresno State. Um, but I've really enjoyed how, you know, this work from home environment and, you know, these remote meetings has opened it up, um, and more people are willing to embrace, you know, the the fun happy hours or the mentoring Mondays. Um, it's it's been refreshing because that was that didn't happen before um so i feel like that has really kind of kicked open the door to more connections um, and i honestly think people are looking for that um in a time when so many of us are social distancing um but also i mean for the the younger professionals you know many of us have young families too so it's so much easier to hop on a 30-minute zoom meeting than drive an hour to a chapter meeting or something so no. It's it's made access a whole lot easier to connecting. That's 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 perfect. I mean that that to me captures the essence of really what our profession really needs to embrace um, mm -hmm. and and open up to to having these types of in, the interactions and not just say, well, if you're not in person or not sitting at the bar together, then it you know it just it's Good not luck. The, it's not it's not the same. But right, it's and and you're exactly right. It's it. 
it's to me it's opening up the the opportunities for like you said especially especially uh young professionals with 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 young families that uh you don't you just don't have the time um seems like everything's so busy so yeah no, i appreciate that insight because that's part of what i think the profession overall needs to adapt to the culture and the really the the, the driving force of millennials and gen z of this is how we're going to communicate it's going to be it's going to be video it's going to be social media uh, yeah yes there is a time and place for in person things and uh and social oh, gatherings but i think we all look forward to that too once we can <laughs> yes exactly um one final i guess parting shot uh do you have any you have any uh advice for future surveyors oh yes um so I think one of the biggest lessons I learned was that, you know, nobody's going to come, well, maybe, but odds are that nobody's going to come and like pull you along, right? Um, there are a ton of great mentors out there, but they're almost all so busy. But if you show you're willing to learn and you're going to ask questions, um, not be afraid to say, I don't know how to do this. Can I get some help? There are so many amazing mentors out there that will spend the time to lead and guide. Um, it just takes, you know, being a little humble, asking for that help, um, and not being afraid to bother somebody. Because sometimes, you know, I know, you know, this senior land surveyor is so busy, right? But 99% of the time, in my experience, when I go, when I've gone to that that senior person, they have spent the time to teach and train and you can almost tell that they enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. um, but they just don't have the time to necessarily reach out and say, hey, what do you want to learn? You know? Mm -hmm. um, so take that first step. Don't be afraid. Um, and, and you know, you, you really drive your, your path. Um, so like I said, don't be afraid to, to reach out ask questions, show you're interested, and I think they'll invest the time. I'm telling you, she's 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 well experienced for her age, people. Um, this is uh, this is uh, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> oh, no, John, thank you know what? Thank you. That, th those are fantastic words. And uh, you're exactly right that um, the the older generation, I think, does have something they want to give back. But sometimes, but sometimes because of that, because we're busy or the, or the, basically the, the generational barriers, we don't break through and we don't, mm -hmm. we don't, we don't take the time to be able to do that because, um, yeah, it's, it, it's time well spent as long as we make the time and we need to make right. the time. So, and, and I mean, everybody knows surveyors may not be the most social group. So, um, you know, they might feel like they're bothering you by, by reaching out and wanting to teach you something. So it, it goes both ways. Yes, but I think if, if the younger generation, you know, the up and coming surveyors express their interest and desire to learn, um, I, it, it hasn't been too hard to find people willing to teach. <laughs> uh, those are very true words. I, and, uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. All right. Well, with that, we will, uh, we'll end this segment of uh, Surveyor Says. And Jocelyn, thank you again for, for being our guest and sharing your words of wisdom. And we're going to hear more. I'm, I'm telling you people, we're <laughs> gonna, you're going to see more of this lady out there. She's going to be a driving force here. So 
Thank you, Tim. Keep keep your eyes open. So uh, till next time, we'll uh, we'll we'll see you. We've got a couple great episodes coming up, so please uh, subscribe and stay tuned. Thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.